happened to solve this murder. I'm your detective, Danny. And I'm your crime scene criminal and witnesses, Bill. This is part five of the in-flight incident. In part four, I started out talking to Jamie, who had a somewhat overwrought motive idea for, well, everyone on the plane. You then spoke with Lacey Morrow, who gave you some interesting facts about Daniel in that he didn't answer to his name immediately and had a very expensive watch. And then I returned to Jamie to discuss poisons. And she happened to know that there are some poisons that have a delayed activation when mixed together. Okay, so wh where are you at? Where are you at murder-wise right now? So let's take a look at what happened. I, I don't want to do too much of this. I feel like I'm going to de-denouement myself by going through it all. Feel free. That's what the de-denouement... I always <laughs> do a, pre, a, a, a dry run denouement before I do the real one. All right. My questions thus far. We know that... You know what? I can't say we know. Again, my motto throughout all of this thing is you can't say anything's 100%. <laughs> but you got to guess sometimes. It appears that a poisoning happened that someone attempted to use Keith's special drink that he always orders to poison him in a delayed manner. Mm. However, Jake screwed that up by coming over and accidentally, so we think, knocking over one of the whiskey glasses. So only half of the death cocktail, I suppose, mm. was going to be taken by Keith. And murderer, whoever they may be, if they were aware of this happening... They didn't know which drink he still had, the poison or the noisen. Yes. From a mechanical standpoint, poison-wise, if, if you were the poisoner and you didn't know, either he has drunk acetone, in which case I think he'll he's going to be fine, but... but just grossed, or he's drunk acetonitrile, in which case... It'll break down into cyanide, turn into cyanide and will poison And he will die him. quickly while on the plane mm. of a poisoning. Yeah, and as far as I can tell, based on what the murderer did next... Assuming it's the same person, that wouldn't have been a problem. They clearly don't mind him dying on the plane. But if he had taken the non-poison and just been a little grossed out by having acetone, then that would have been a problem for some reason. Which leads to the suggestion that, okay, they wanted Keith dead. They wanted Keith dead ideally a day or so from now. They weren't going to have another chance to do this. This was their only time that they were actually going to be interacting with Keith in any way. And then so we come to the actual murder that happened, which seems like it was done in a panic if these things are indeed related because they wouldn't have had much time to plan it. Someone set Maggie the flight attendant's skirt on fire to cause a distraction, seemed very successful, took the opportunity to grab heavy thing, which we're assuming is this giant mag light because it did indeed have blood on it, whack Keith over the head from behind, mm. drop the weapon and run to wherever. There were a couple of people who would have been capable of doing that, namely Jake being a big one. We know that he ran to the back and we don't know much about what happened after that. We have heard from, I can't remember if it was Lacey or Jamie, I want to say Jamie, that she couldn't really keep track of any of the men during the fire. Yes, there was a lot of chaos and it looks like other that, that Lacey and Jamie were at the front the entire time, mm -hmm. but Taylor Heath Jake Hudgens and Daniel DeHoog could have been, could anywhere. Have been anywhere, running Going up and down and forth. the plane. Mm. The problem that we still have is that as far as the poisoning goes, Daniel is the one with the easiest access to it. Yes. At the moment, 
he is the one with the least known motive. We know that he's a total liar about everything, but we have no idea why. Yes. And at the moment, looking, I, I don't remember hearing about any mysterious young-ish men in Keith's history. There may well be one, but I can't think of that. Alternatively, could be a partnering situation. But usually when you have criminal partnerships, it's so that they can alibi for one another. Mm. And if so, they're doing a rubbish job at that. So there I am not entirely sure. What's the next step? What are you thinking of doing now? You've sort of talked to everybody. You know what? How about just a very simple going around? I did this with Keith and right at the start mm. and he's dead. I want to go check everyone for ID. Oh, interesting. Okay. Who, where do you want to start? Let's start at the front. All um, right. But very quietly. I don't want to give Daniel a heads up right at the back there. <laughs> <laughs> so you start with, say, the flight attendant is the furthest at the front? Absolutely. Do you carry your own personal things when you're on flights? Like, sure, you have, like, a cubby or something, right? If I had voices for any of these characters, they're all just... I don't think I did. I really... I didn't go hard on voices other than Keith Moser. No, I, I have my own things. I have a little bag up here. Oh, my God. You're, you're wearing a name tag. I should have probably said that. I am that. wearing a name tag. But, you know, it something a little Daniel more... Daniel DeHoog. Ah, something a little more official would be nice. All right. Can I check that? Uh, yeah, I, In I suppose... In character so. or out? Yes, I suppose. <laughs> she gets her... Yep, thing. yep. It matches her name. It says Maggie. Probably has a surname, but our Patreon uh, donor I'm, does not, so let's make it up right I'm now. I'm sorry, Maggie, uh, this is expired, which means I can't verify it's even you. <laughs> no, no. I, Your I, year I, of birth may have changed several times since then. Yes, it is. It is. She gets a new one. She gets a library card. <laughs> and then she gets she gets uh, three documents, a bill, a recent bill, a bank <laughs> statement. Any uh, yes. photos? <laughs> uh, All right, great. I trust her. Okay, back to Jamie. I'm sure you understand why I'm doing this. Jamie, now, yes. gimme. Oh, yes, yes, I do. Oh, yes. Okay, here you are. Yes, yes. Oh, interesting. This one, take a look at this. Oh, oh the and... why isn't where I expected. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So your Jamie gives you the ID. Yeah, matches. Yeah, it's it's, it's she, she got an official city councillor ID. Oh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I'm sure I see the black credit card in the, in the purse <laughs> as well. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm. All right, and then down to Lacey. Lacey gives you a... ID, it says Lacey Morrow. Great. Yeah, I didn't see that being weird. Mr. Heath. You check Mr. Heath. As you approach Mr. Heath, you do notice one thing mm -hmm. that he's doing. He mm -hmm. seems annoyed <laughs> as you get close to, to Taylor Heath. Not by you, but he's bothered. Initially, he showed you his singed papers. Yeah, that's true. Which bothered true. him a little. And now you see him holding a contract, or not a contract, a sort of a stack of papers, but he's spread it out completely. There's two here, two here, two here. He's pulled out down his, his trays and he's really kind of, he's looking at his papers. Like, oh, I just, oh, God. Yes, yeah, what do you, what, what do you need? Oh, I feel like I should ask you the same. Oh. What's up? Can I help? No, I had these all laid out on my seat and when that whole fire debacle happened, they got knocked to the ground. They were strewn about everywhere. I'm trying to put them back in the right order and I just can't do it. Oh, that's weird. Did, did you accidentally knock them? I don't remember knocking them down, but they were on the far seat, yeah. piled up, and then they ended up on the ground. That's weird. I don't remember any turbulence or anything happening then. No, neither do I. But hmm. look, there was a lot of stuff going on, but I'm just trying to get them collated again in the right order. That's a weird little addition. At the moment, I have no idea what that means. All right. Uh, look, uh, sorry, just writing down some details of people. Can I just see an ID? Oh, yes, of course. He doesn't even, he just takes out his ID. He shows it to you. Yep, great. In order? 
Uh, it says Keith Mose. No, it doesn't. It says Taylor Heath. Lovely. Taylor Keith. Over to Jake. You go to Jake. As you get to Jake, someone kind of tries to squeeze past you. Someone. Daniel DeHoog is just saying, I just need to go to the bathroom quickly. And he's walking, he tries to get up to the bathroom. <laughs> Oh, sorry, I just need to get to the bathroom. Wait, hang on, hang on. No, no, please don't shove past me. No, I'm just, I'll just... No, no. I need to use the bathroom too. It's only fair. I'm doing a lot of hard work here. Well, you look busy. I'll, I'll just... <laughs> oh, well, why don't you go? <laughs> okay. I'll just squeeze past to get to the... You to know, get to the... To get I'll to just the... slice huh? on past you to get to the... To the bath... To the bathroom. All right, fine. If you're in such a hurry, just show me your ID and then you'll be done and then you go up to the bathroom. Oh, my... Well, I'll have to find it first. Let me just have a quick... I'll just, I'll check my bag for my ID. I imagine you should. <laughs> he goes to check his bag for his ID. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jake is, says, uh, um, you need to check for ID? Mm-hmm. Uh, Big smiles. You see him unzip his bag, mm-hmm. his little carry-on bag that is under the seat, and he picks up and he opens it and he looks inside and he goes, um, oh, uh, uh ID, yeah, th- the uh, there you one. are. No, there you are. Uh, and Jake <laughs> Hudgens, this is Jake, this yeah, is, yeah. Uh, has an ID that says Jake Hudgens. He was looking at what else is going on in there, man. No, no, I'm a bit, no, nothing. No, big plans, um, big plans. Oh, oh, so many plans, so many big plans, so many hey, big plans. You know, I have a lot of money. If you need an investor, you should just tell me. Oh, like I could get in. Well, on this. I don't know how to make these things that much. I like. I need to. Do you have business infrastructure? I have people. Oh, okay. Um, well, uh, give me a call. Um, I'll write my number down on a. I'll, wait, could you give me your? I'll I'll call you. You give me your number. I'd rather the other way around. Can I see your ID? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he writes his number down and gives it to you. Okay, sure. That's not going to go anywhere. I'm going to disappoint him hard. Yeah, good. You get to Daniel. Yeah, still and, waiting. And uh, he says, oh, um, well, this will be a terrible trouble. You know what? When just, I la- just, get your, just get the bag down. I'm going to help you. He looks left. He looks right. And he takes his bag down. And he, I guess he just, he, he lets you take the bag. <laughs> and you can take his bag. I would love to take his bag. You, you, open- you got ID in here? Remember, that's all I'm interested in. Oh, um, yes. I mean, uh, yes, it's uh, it's in there. Yes. Well, frankly, uh, just would just your plane ticket do? Yes, it would. Here you are. Here's my plane ticket. <laughs> he gives you a plane ticket. It's uh-huh. Daniel DeHoo. Ah, intriguing. <laughs> that's great. Wonderful. All right. <laughs> and he tries to yeah, take see, his bag back. that wasn't so hard. Oh, but, you know, plane tickets, they sometimes scrub the spelling. Can I just see the other one to double check? The other plane ticket? The other, another piece of ID. Okay. You've got his bag. You can reach in to take his wallet, which is sitting in his bag, if you'd like. Can I? Is it open? Can I see it? You can open his bag. I don't want to pry until I have to, then I absolutely will. You probably have to. This will go on for a while if you don't pry. You open the bag. (laughs) Let's open it up. And you see three things that interest you. Mm -hmm. One, it's an overnight bag. There's a change of clothes, you know, that sort of thing. That does not interest me. I don't know why you lied. The clothes are, whew, they're nice clothes. They're not super fancy clothes, but they're the kind of clothes that, like, People buy to make them seem more rich. You know, it's like it's a white shirt, but it's a Kanye white shirt. It's a $700 (laughs) white shirt. It's, you know, it's some nice-ish pants that are a little bit distressed, but they probably cost Mm $1,200. You also notice you have on you quite a beautiful ticket to SleuthCon. Large Uh and ornate and red. There's no ticket to SleuthCon in this bag. Oh, dear. And the third thing is you find his ID. Mm -hmm. You open his wallet. He has a lot of cash. And he does have an ID. And it says, Vandross Brown. 
Not a Patreon donor. Ah, oh, what? Also not a puzzle. I apologize. I was so ready for that to be the most badass Patreon name. It says Vandross Brown. That's so cool. Oh, that's, uh, that's funny. You get a change done, did you? Well, I'm an... You, no, it, I'm an aspiring crime writer. That's why I'm going to SleuthCon. And I my pen name is Daniel DeHoog. And you put it on a plane ticket? Well, I wanted people to know. Oh, yeah, speaking of tickets, man, where is yours? What the hell? How do you plan on getting in without a SleuthCon ticket? I have it on my email address. I got an... I have a digital ticket to SleuthCon. Oh, I don't think they were doing it that way, my oh, man. Oh, you could... If you really knew how to sleuth, you'd be able to I'm find sorry? one. Yes. Oh, uh, maybe maybe you didn't get the good ticket that was real sleuths get. Hmm, that's it. If this were role-playing 15 years ago, back, I'd shoot him. I'm going to sit back down. Thank you very much. I should call the air marshals on you. <laughs> All right, so there you are. In that little trip, what did we discover? You've discovered that my social awkwardness leads me to not know what to do in that situation. <laughs> Just walk away. No, that's losing. Oh, but I don't know how to win it without slapping him, but that's not who I am. It's not about making him admit anything. I just don't want him to feel like he's won. He has this look on his face like he's won. <laughs> he looks proud and, and like he's winning. Oh, yes. <laughs> Very smooth, Van. I mean, Daniel. <laughs> well, it feels like perhaps with an alternate name under my, my belt, his belt. Someone's belt. I should take a leap over next to Mr. Heath. Well, well, sorry. Oh, crap. I crushed half his papers. Oh, what have... Sorry, sorry, sorry. What have you done to my papers? My beautiful papers. I need these for our upcoming acquisition. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want? Hey, man. So speaking of like business acquisition and all of yes. that, you probably got a pretty good set of records of names, right? Yes. Look, I have the, the documents here for the Compu Global acquisition. I have... Has Mr. Moser had any dealings, I don't know, recently? Maybe it's an old one. Maybe it's to do with this one with, um, and uh, just scribble the name. Oh, you write it down then so Daniel doesn't hear you? Yeah. He looks and he says, I know this name. Hold on, I've seen this name. And he goes back to his, his binders, his Ooh. folders, which Lacey had mentioned, never forgets anything that's written in a binder. Mm. And he flicks through and you see he's got all this information about CompuGlobal, the company that, that Keith Moser is looking into. Mm-hmm. In preparation for the big, like, intense audit of the, of the company. Excellent. Yes, yes, look, on the staff lists, and he flicks through, and he opens up to the staff list. He has a list of all the staff members at this company. You can see Vandross Brown is an IT security worker. You also see his address, and you see his wage. He makes $35,000 a year. All right, that's pretty sucky. Mm. That's unfortunate, and a little confusing. Yeah. But you know what? People can have multiple jobs. Oh, contractually, he's not allowed multiple jobs. Oh, uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's, that's a bit funny. Um, yeah, he doesn't look like he'd be rolling in it, does he? A man like this? No, no, very. Wouldn't. With the, with the cost of living in Pemberville? <laughs> Definitely not. He'd be just making ends meet, oh, I think. But just a regular old staff member, right? Anything interesting? Is this like on one of the lists of people who are going to have to go? or? Oh, no, no, doesn't seem... There's no notes on his file about any kind of uh, disciplinary action. He seems to do fine. He works on the computer systems and, and security things, and his performance seems fine. The big issue will be looking into the, the general company finances and their books and the accounting and all that sort of stuff would be the big, the big push of the audit. 
Huh. All right. So I get that we now have the disconnect between him not having a great wage and him having a buttload of cash and good clothes on him. Yes. Which would suggest that he is getting money from some alternate source, either another person or just through his own, you know, computer people are wizards, so they can just make money appear. Mm. I don't know which of those to suspect at this stage. Hmm. Taylor size. Oh, well, suppose I don't need these files anymore, do I? Yeah, what happens now, like, to the company? With Keith dead, Keith is a big picture kind of a guy. He's bombastic. He's, he sees these sorts of big deals that he goes ahead with. But, I mean, with him gone, I don't... I suppose these decisions will have to be default to the, the rest of the board. Men more, much more like me, stuffy men. They always seem to warn Keith against his, his aggressive takeovers. I don't think it's likely the deal will go through at all. They've always been pushed by Keith against the wishes sometimes of the board, so with Mr. Moser dead, papers may as well just be paper mache. <laughs> I may as well turn them into a hat for all they're worth. Oh, you should. That's a nice hobby. I you could. seem like you need one. I used to paper mache. Oh. I put it on the outside of balloons, then burst the balloons and pull them from the inside. I didn't really think about all of that. So you said that everything was going in order. Why wouldn't they be okay with this going through? It's a risk. Every new acquisition is a big risk. Going into an entire new industry? Keith made, could make it work. He could see that vision. But, I mean, it's a, it's a, if it goes wrong... So without Keith, if, if it were just 100% your decision, you would never have done this? I don't think I ever would have thought of it. Even now, I mean, I, I, could, I could argue it with the board, but I, I wouldn't know what to do with it. But it seemed like it was going okay now that it was rolling. It was going the way Keith thought it should be going. And, but but it, it's still a, it may not go through. We haven't finalised the deal. We were still working out the final issues of the deal before the audit even began. And if Keith's not there to finalise it, I, I'm not sure what the com- I don't think the company will, will follow through. Hmm. I don't even know who's going to be in charge of the company anymore, really. Mm. Whoever inherits Keith's stock portfolio, well, I don't know which way they'll vote. Stick with the easy money of the companies that already exist or risk it all to get knee-deep in a new venture. Yes, you know, talking about it even more, I'd, uh, I should probably just shred these. <laughs> and he reaches under his seat and he pulls out oh, a little no. shredder. How did we miss that? <laughs> and <I'll> shredder. <laughs> I'm glad that wasn't a suspected murder weapon. You find Keith in the seat. He's been shredded. <laughs> I hop over to Jake and sit in the seat next to him. Yeah? Hey, man, my jacket got a little dirty during the, um, you know, having a blood next to me. Um, do you have a jacket I can borrow? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. Yeah, please, please. He gets his bag. Cool. I, he... I lean over and I say, I just want to make sure that it's a, a good colour. He unzips his bag. Would you like to be tell me to tell you what's in his bag? Uh-huh. Because cause he reacted weirdly earlier? Uh-huh. You see in his bag a jacket, a change of clothes, mm-hmm. a notebook, mm-hmm. fairly large one. Mm-hmm. It's a fairly tightly packed bag. There's a weird little corner where there's nothing, like the imprint of something <laughs> that was there. And there's also a set of batteries. Big, oh. heavy, C batteries. The kind that would go into a large mag light. Huh. Well, what the hell, dude? What? You don't like the jacket? You can't have batteries in carry-on luggage. 
Oh. Yeah, you can't just have loose batteries. They're an explosion risk. Oh, um, uh, okay. You, on, throw, you can throw put, them out. No, quickly, put them in whatever they're supposed to be in. I can't throw them out. We're in the air. <laughs> so I'm trying to trap my NPCs. Uh, I... <laughs> I don't know. I had a... I don't know where it is. I had a... I, I had a... I had a big... I, I had a big torch. And it's gone. Mm-hmm. And I'm... And I'm kind of worried that... I don't know. It's big and heavy. And... And I don't know what... 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 What, what hit... What hit Mr. Moser. Uh-huh. But I... I it, it wasn't me. I see. But yes, he definitely did have, he is the owner of the murder weapon. Yes, I get that. Sorry, do you want me to say that out loud? I'm saying it for the people at home. <laughs> you should say it out loud. Say it out loud right now. <laughs> well, I think before anyone else, I've cleverly deduced that the maglite <laughs> perhaps, perhaps belonged to Jake. Or at least resided temporarily in his luggage. I believe, and you just do this to me, so I'm going to do it to you. You have everything you need. To piece every aspect of this mystery together. That's curious. I feel like I need another small piece of confirmation. Honestly, that seat notes messing up really has thrown me. Well, what, what could it mean? The seat notes being messed up. That someone jumped on the seat. <laughs> Very in character. I don't have anything 100%. So I'll just try to go with the things that feel rightest. First things first, I don't see how Maggie could have physically done murder. Involved? No idea. Reason for it? Haven't really spotted any. No one seems to know anything about her other than being a flight attendant. It doesn't seem like she'd have any reason to be involved in this. I think she is the most clear of the suspects. Beyond that, we got Jake and Jamie who both have reasons from the past to be annoyed at him, and all we have is their words that they're kind of chill about it. True. Which is a difficult position to be in. Just do I take their word for it that they don't really have motive? Jamie also doesn't seem like she could have had opportunity. The one thing that's stumping me about all of this is Daniel having a lot of money and me not really knowing a huge amount of direct connection between him and Keith Moser means, for all I know, he's an IT hitman, and someone else on the plane has just paid him to do some stuff and they're still involved. Again, this idea of a double act sort of thing, which I haven't really seen any proof of, but I haven't seen any way to rule it out. Which means that some of the people who might have motive, despite having no opportunity, it might not mean anything. I've seen no interaction between Jamie and Daniel, and not much between Jake and Daniel either. But why would they? I feel like I've got an X next to Maggie, and I don't know, what's less certain than an X? A V next to Jamie and Jake? Lacey feels like she has just been perfectly nice, perfectly normal, doesn't seem to have had any opportunity for it. Jamie vouches for that. I didn't ask others how they would vouch for people's presence, but again, presence doesn't really matter. I'm taking their word for that. But then got to go with, are they working with someone else? And as for any motive on Lacey's behalf, the daughter situation is weird. It's confusing. She seems to know that legally there's nothing weird, that there's nothing going on there. But maybe that counts as just an I'm angry at you motive. I wouldn't have thought it would feel like enough. But God knows if there's some weird legal stuff with the board and ex-wives that I'm not aware of. I don't know how these things work. 
Heath, as far as I'm aware, Taylor Heath had equal opportunity to actually do things. He was sort of helping with the fire, but not quite enough to have caught major attention. Somehow his papers caught on fire. Did I ever ask, or did he ever clarify, those papers of his that had caught on fire, where position-wise were they when they caught on fire? How did this happen? They would have been, like, on his lap once he was dealing with it. So and he was sitting in yeah, the okay. aisle. So reasonable that that could have happened by mistake. Yeah. Really, he is giving off the impression of just being the man who knows stuff and can dispense information about Keith. Typically, that would be the person who would have enough knowledge about both business and personal goings-on to perhaps develop motive. We just haven't seen it. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be any real certain ironcladness that he benefits in any way from this death. So again, not impossible. There could just be stuff that I'm missing there, but it seems hazy. And then we've got Daniel, obviously suspicious, obviously lying about everything, does now have a connection to Keith, but tenuous enough that I don't fully understand it. IT is the most suspicious of all company positions, I get that, but he is also not well paid at his official job, yet he has money. He is doing something else for money, or stealing money, if that counts as doing something else for money. Typically in a murder mystery, if someone is unduly wealthy, it's because they are a thief or a hitman. It feels like he was the one who would have the most opportunity to set Maggie's skirt on fire to cause the distraction. Plenty of opportunity to actually go and hit Keith. The Maglite situation also throwing me. Unless it was outright Jake himself, because he also, very decent opportunity. Like, he was very, very much aware of one of the whiskey cups being spilled. I don't know how much of a situation that caused. I don't know if other people noticed that particularly. I know Maggie was aware of it because she had to clean it, but that's about it. So Jake was aware of it, but then why would he have even bothered unless he's some sort of weird stone-faced killer who wanted Keith to see his face before he died in 36 hours and he just screwed it up. Also feels a bit odd, but then he has what is ostensibly the murder weapon that was his. Has anyone had an opportunity to take that? And again, with the fire distraction, who knows? Maybe. Would they have known about it? I don't see why. One thing I will say, Mm -hmm. when that glass spilled, Mm -hmm. the flight attendant came back to clean it up, had to get down. If there was, was anyone on the flight who was thinking, yes, drink those drinks, they would have seen that one of them had spilled. Fair, fair. So it should be it would be knowledge to anybody, not just to, to Jake. That makes sense. How would anyone know that Jake had something bash-worthy in his luggage except for Jake? Like, Lacey has been helping people with their bags and things, but Jake didn't have his in the overhead. She helped me with my stuff in the overhead. Mm. But not so much his, and it seems like a weird thing to deduce from touching someone's luggage anyway. Alright, so going back to general motive, rather than trying to think about someone specific, feels like it's all about this company and what's going on with that. Hmm. And so either someone benefiting from Keith's death or, I don't know how to say this, the inverse not, not, not benefiting. What's the opposite of benefiting? Deficiting? (laughs) 
not defecating, mm. as would have happened had he been alive. Yeah, so, so had Keith not died, <laughs> something a bad, bad thing would have happened. happened. Sure. And once more, doesn't have to be in character. Let me just replay the conversation with Taylor Heath in my head. What exactly was going on with this business thing? They were just about to. He's not saying they're about to sign something. He's saying they're about to. Hold on. They're about to do a final audit to check that everything is in order. Hmm. And Taylor has mentioned these are very thorough audits. These are like going through all the financials, digging through all the records, checking that everything matches and balances and all Which, that sort of stuff. So I was very much thinking along the lines of, oh no, if something is wrong, that company will be sad. But it's not necessarily that. It could just be individual employee, a.k.a. Daniel, would be sad if something was discovered about him and his financials. Definitely seems like something could be going on there. Because mm. his financials aren't quite lined yes, up. Yes, his financials. He clearly <laughs> has more money than he should. Yeah. Okay, so he's doing some dodgy stuff. His motive is now finally lining up. How did the low-level IT guy find out about this big old audit? Hacking emails. Just <laughs> like him. But, so, okay, it, it is largely falling into place. He knew this was happening. He contrived his way onto the same flight, pretending he was going to... SleuthCon, mm -hmm. he went up the front, pretended, I assume pretended, for all I know he does have a lactose allergy, <laughs> went up to get himself to the food, got Maggie and Lacey distracted looking in-depth at menus so that he would have time to mess around with Keith's drink, because I believe that allergy issue did come up right after Keith had ordered his drinks. It did. Poured stuff into the drinks to try to cause a delayed poisoning reaction, went to the bathroom, dumped the vials. Went back to his seat, but then, oh no, Jake being the dummy that he is, accidentally knocked a glass over. Oh no. So now the poisoning may not have been able to happen. If, so if it was going to happen, it would happen right here, which kind of sucks. But again, that doesn't seem to have been the problem. The problem would have been it not happening. So he had to come up with something different, a different quick plan. So did I see a lighter or anything in his possession? Yes, if you search him in his pockets, he I has a lighter. Gonna search his pockets? That's why I asked for his plane ticket in case he needed to get through his pockets and I forgot to but say it out loud. Have a lighter. Come on. Forgot to say that. Well, you should have said it. Uh. Yeah, so he is in a perfect position right up the back to set Maggie on fire as a distraction. Skirts weren't cheap, so it took a while to burn, got her all the way up to the front, which was fantastic. And then. Here's where my stumbling blocks still are. He goes, great, this has happened. Now, to go and actually quickly, while, I, no, while everyone's looking elsewhere, kill Keith in some way. He seemingly goes into Jake's bag a few seats away from him to find the big heavy thing in Jake's bag that I do not know why he knows it's there. And then goes, hits Keith on the head, drops it, runs back to pretend he's helping with the fire. Other thing, I know that Jake ran around to look for a fire extinguisher, so God knows what he saw, where he was, but all sorts of things happening. Certainly not looking at his own bag. It wouldn't have happened at any other time, like when Jake got out of his seat, because there would have been no reason for it. No. Did he know that there was a mag light in Jake's bag? Well, I mean, he needed something and it would be 
a pretty wild coincidence just to happen to go into that bag and find something large and hefty enough that could murder a man. I mean, all of this stuff, Mr. Heath's stuff as well as Jake's stuff is just in the back where nobody was. And I don't know, clearly there was no fire extinguisher up the back. That would have probably been his first shot <laughs> yeah, if that he would had it. Great. Uh assuming that he didn't have anything in his own luggage that could do it, and I certainly didn't see anything when I searched him. He was just going around randomly, digging under seats, hoping to find something. You know, probably one of those flares that should be under the seat. Shouldn't have one of those. Couldn't have been linked back to anyone. Uh, But yeah, going through other people's things, probably not a bad idea to try to find something to take the heat off him. Could it have just been random luck that there was something heavy in one of these bags and if Jake weren't such a big torch-carrying dummy, this whole thing could have been avoided? Except for the fact that Keith had actually drunk cyanide, so it wouldn't have been avoided at all. No, yeah, exactly. Oh, God. I feel like that's the best sense that it makes. It sort of explains why Mr. Heath's notes were messed up, just because all of his belongings were a bit askew. How was his bag? Is, did he have a bag under the seat? He had a bag, and if you ask him about the askewness of his bag, it was also not where he left it when oh, he came back. Oh, man. But Daniel's, it looked like it was just in the overhead locker just fine. No one had messed with it. No. Yeah, that's some sus stuff. Okay. He was just going through what he could find and happened to find something. And if he didn't find that, I assume he would have just... I don't know, grabbed grabbed Maggie and thrown her at him. Perhaps. I'm not sure. Picked up an errant glass and smashed him with it. Anything. Yeah, Yeah. something would have happened. And he just got bloody lucky that Jake sleeps with a nightlight in his bag. Mm. Ridiculous. I mean, like, I think that's it. You're right, right? We we had the poison in the bathroom that only... Makes sense. That was always going to be him. We have the motive that Keith Moses' death... That took a while to come up with, but... Assuming that's a thing, then that makes a lot of sense. We'll need to... Mm. Look, we're not going to be able to say anything for 100% just yet. You've got to make these calls. No, Mr. Heath, I'm going to recommend that you keep moving forward with this audit. Oh, so you want Mr. Heath to die now? (laughs) (laughs) And I want you to declare right now, make a call in the air to the rest of the board saying that this audit must go forward (laughs) so that there is no chance unless... 13 other people die mysteriously. It will go forward. Well, here's how we can end this mystery. You say that out loud to Mr. Heath and Daniel DeHue gets up and says, No! And he charges you and he tries to attack you to stop you from making this deal go through and this audit go through. Luckily, Jake Hudgens knows Kraft Nagar <laughs> and knocks him to the ground. Daniel DeHoog is squirming that's, underneath jo- That's Jake. better than what I had. I was going to say I'd been carrying the bloody mag light with me the entire time and just hit him with it. You can hit him now that he's down. <laughs> Jake's got him down. And Daniel DeHoog has been captured. Wait, wait. I rush up to the food section and I find the secret cheese stash. They said there was no lactose on board, but you never know. Yep. And I just uh, take it and, um, you know, I'm not going to be too terrible. I'm just going to, like, rub it on his stomach. And the final take mystery, that. The final that. mystery is revealed. He's not lactose intolerant. Oh, then I rub it in his face. (laughs) Solve This Murder is created by Bill Sunderland and Danny Siller as part of the Consume This Media network. To find out more about all of our shows, you can head to consumethismedia.com. 
A special thank you to Jared, Devon and Wit from the podcast Advanced Sagebrush and Shootouts for creating our theme music. And thanks to all of you for listening. <laughs>